Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SNEE ICB podcast. My name is James Catton. I'm a physician associate working in SNEE. Now, I'm sure we'll all agree that the COVID-19 vaccination programme has been one of the few almost unqualified successes of the UK's response to the pandemic. So I wanted to make an episode that focused on our success with rolling out the COVID-19 vaccination across our system in Suffolk and North East Essex. So let's get going. Cast your minds back to the 8th of December 2020. In University Hospital, Coventry, Margaret Keenan became the very first person in the world, outside of a clinical trial, to receive a vaccine to protect against COVID. Then, the first vaccine that was given in our system in Suffolk and North East Essex was a day later, on the 9th of December 2020. Since then, as a system, we have successfully delivered almost 3 million doses through a variety of clinics, such as hospital hubs, large vaccination centres, primary care, drive throughs pop-up centres, buses and mobile services across communities. Given the speed with which the vaccine had to be rolled out initially, it was a near miracle of planning and execution. So I was delighted to be joined in this episode by Liz Maloney, who is a Deputy Director for Strategic Change in our integrated care system. Liz helped to spearhead the COVID-19 vaccination response across Suffolk and North East Essex. So I started by asking Liz if she could set the scene for us in terms of the context around launching the COVID-19 vaccination programme. If I take us back to late 2020, when as a global community, we have been living with the pandemic, the COVID-19 virus, one of the major, major priorities of of not just NHS England and our local system, but globally, was to get on top of of this virus and try to overcome it and the consequences that it was having, not not just to us in terms of the health system, but, you know, more importantly, our way of life and the economic environment that we're in. I mean, it, it literally crippled us, didn't it? And one of the things that we were all longing for was the hope of a vaccine. And in late um, 2020, so around December time, NHS England procured the vaccines that we had at the time. And as individual systems, each of us were asked to form a local vaccination programme built upon a national delivery approach. So it's very much driven from sort of the strategy was set at a national level. So one of the major challenges was how are we going to do that? And we were absolutely committed within Suffolk and North East Essex to having a mixed delivery model. So this wasn't just going to be one organisation in the system that was delivering it, but we really wanted to work with our communities and our partners to make sure that we were making sure that the vaccine that we had was um, was as easily available as it possibly could be to those people that needed it most. And, and obviously that meant the most vulnerable uh, in our society. Within Suffolk and North East Essex, there are about 1.2 million people. And we were really keen to make sure that there was that ease of access. So we effectively had a variety of different options by the way that people could access that vaccine. And we had to move really, really quickly. It was a time when there was a there was an awful lot of attention on, on getting this vaccine rolled out and pace was important, but clinical safety also was. We worked with our hospital hubs, so both the East Suffolk and North Essex Foundation Trust and also with West Suffolk Foundation Trust to make sure that there was ease of access from within um, an acute hospital setting. And I remember there was a number of occasions where we 
without their support, we, uh, we, we just wouldn't have been as successful as we were. So I can remember doing sort of big super Saturdays in the early days where they would, you know, the hospitals would literally just, you know, in the main focus on vaccination and off opening up their doors. And they also stood up some really innovative uh, services. So a complex vaccination service for those people that maybe needed a quieter environment or maybe needed to be, you know, given a little bit extra support within an acute environment in case there was any side effects from the vaccine. One of the major things that ESNEFT have offered in particular has been their pharmacy department, be that us needing to use their huge freezers that they have to store the vaccine, often on occasion um, on behalf of the region, not not just ourselves, um, but also helping us to move that vaccine around the system in the right way and make sure that we're using that to best effect. And then West Suffolk Foundation Trust, that stood up effectively like a, a vaccination task force. So it's an outreach uh, team that that really went into places like Brandon, where maybe people hadn't necessarily had a huge amount of, of regular and trusted contact with um, health and wellbeing services and using local community um, hubs and really building relationships with various community partners that we had down there. We've been able to not just you know, roll out the vaccine uh, in, into places like that, so underserved communities, but also um, to provide other additional services. So we're genu genuinely trying to make every contact count. Another really important element of um, the delivery model were the mass vaccination centres. So Essex Partnership um, University Trust, EPUT, they stood up those centres from scratch. So Gainsborough um, uh, site, a uh, sporting um, site, uh, stopped delivering squash and provided their sports facilities to become a vaccination centre. Colchester United Football Club were just and have and continue to be absolutely tremendous. You know, they they didn't just open up their doors to us. They refurbished a whole element of their stand and made um, the ease of access to the vaccine really, really feasible. And huge volumes of people have been able to access the vaccine through that way. It goes without saying that our GP colleagues have also been absolutely fundamental so they haven't just delivered COVID-19, but they've also done that alongside all of their other primary care responsibilities. And they've stepped up and they've flexed their services as they've, as they've needed to and as the population aligns to sort of population needs. So that's that's been absolutely tremendous. And we've also had a number of, of GP colleagues, um, particularly people like Dr. Richard West, who, who, who have also been the face of the vaccination programme. So not just ICB colleagues such as uh, Ed Garrett and Lisa Nobes, but also, you know, having that clinical support from colleagues like Dr. Richard West has been so important in terms of trying to build the trust and confidence in the vaccine and the local system. Last but no means least has been our, our community pharmacies. So Community pharmacy was really quite a small element of the programme when it was first established back in sort of the sort of December of 20. But I'm really, I'm really, really proud to talk about and, and to highlight the amazing work that they're now doing. So community pharmacy is, is now one of the major providers in our programme. We have about 50 different community pharmacy partners that are on board with us. And they have embraced technology like the national booking system. So when you Google NHS COVID-19 vaccine, you'll be taken into uh, the national booking system. And it's often a community pharmacy that is there for you to book with. And they've really embraced that technology. And they're now arguably the major provider of, of COVID-19 vaccines. And the 
convenience of that service, the local trusted relationships that are there between not just the pharmacist, but the pharmacy staff within those premises and the local population and the convenience, you know, the ability just to walk in or to book an appointment has also been really key. And then the final channel that we've really sort of tried to work with is our is our pop-ups. So you may be aware that we've had at least three buses at um, any one time in the programme. And those buses, we've, you know, we've been able to work with supermarkets to get the buses out into car parks at the supermarkets. And we, we, we did that because we know that it's high football areas and we know that it's also super convenient. And if you can make access to health and wellbeing services convenient, you've got more chance of getting that take up. So we've had buses, but we've also worked really closely with the voluntary and community sector to make sure that, uh, again, you know, that the, the vaccine is, uh, is available to people. Now, one of the things that I saw as a clinician myself working through the COVID-19 pandemic, and I think it was highlighted really well in the media at the time, is that some people were really excited about the vaccine and couldn't wait to get it, whereas others were a little bit more hesitant about getting the vaccine. And we know that there were populations even within our system in Suffolk and North East Essex who it was hard to engage with and reach for the COVID-19 vaccination programme. Collaboration amongst all providers has been crucial in helping people to learn more about the vaccine, for example, with faith communities and others offering sites of vaccination, which in turn built trust in the vaccine and in the NHS. The NHS has never used so much data so quickly and so powerfully as it did in the COVID-19 vaccination programme. This data in turn then supported outreach work to support gaps in service provision and overcome vaccine hesitancy. So I asked Liz if she could explain some of the partners that we worked with to try and reach those people. Uh, EPUT has has an outreach service and they've worked with Refugee Action Colchester and Essex Integration Project, who is, um, they're a small group of newly arrived uh, refugees were identified in Clacton. And working with those partners, we were able to make sure that those people that are really, really vulnerable were given access to the vaccine really quickly. Some of the people that are elderly and vulnerable. So we've worked together with Colchester 360 and Colchester Borough Homes. We identified that there are some people that had poor mobility and little networks of support. So they didn't have a huge amount of access to support. And we worked with those providers of of people that worked in residential and supporting living sites to make sure that they got their flu and COVID vaccines within their own setting. And if we hadn't have done that, then that might have been a a, a group of people that arguably they're quite vulnerable that who wouldn't have received it. And there's there's so many other examples that I could go into around that. Now, I can remember the joy and relief that I felt when I was given my first dose of COVID vaccination. After so many months of lockdown, it felt to me that finally we were able to make concise progress. I can remember working in surgeries at weekends doing vaccination clinics in the run-up to Christmas and the joy and relief that it gave people to know that they were being protected against this virus. I asked Liz next if she could highlight some of the progress that we'd made as a system and how we compare to other systems across England. As a system, Suffolk and North East Essex has always performed really quite well in the vaccination programme, so we are recognised nationally as one of the highest performing integrated care systems. Since we started vaccinating on the 9th of December of 2020, we have administered over 2.8 million COVID-19 vaccinations to um, 
But I'd also argue that, you know, services such as the complex vaccination clinic that's offered by West Suffolk Hospital, it is quite unique. It isn't something that you'll generally find in every integrated care system. So we do know of people that have travelled from Cambridge and Peterborough and also from North uh, Norfolk and Waveney to receive um, their vaccine because it is it is unique and it is, you know, it's testament to all of the staff, um, be they clinical or administrative within that setting, who've provided that service. Of those 2.8 million vaccines, our vaccination centres have delivered 24% of those. Our hospital hubs have delivered 6%. Uh, general practice has administered 44% and our community pharmacies have administered 26%. So, and that has really varied. So if you now look at where we are with the autumn campaign, um, it's actually community pharmacy that is delivering in the region of about 40, 45% of those vaccines. So, so it's, it's changed as, as we've bought on different providers, as we've realised and worked with communities and we've listened to what they've said and how they want to access the vaccine, our delivery model has also really changed. And we are the second highest performing system um, in the east of England, and we're currently positioned 11th nationally. Well, isn't that great to hear? Whilst COVID isn't in the news every day anymore, it doesn't mean that it's gone away. And the vaccination programme is still ongoing. So next, I asked Liz which groups in particular she wants to focus on with the vaccination programme in the future. There are still some communities that we're really keen to work with, though. So health and social care workers are really important for obvious reasons. You know, we're regularly, particularly front, uh, so frontline health and social care workers are regularly engaging with patients and, you know, trying to offer them the best care is really important, trying to make sure that we're available to those people, trying to minimise the amount of, of sickness we experience ourselves is really important. So health and social care workers is, is still very much a group that we would like to encourage to come forward. People who are pregnant, um, again, I think there's some natural concern. As, as a mother of two children, I can absolutely empathise with people about you know, some of the challenges that you can have when you're pregnant and thinking, what's the best thing to do for my unborn child? There's a huge amount of information on the SNE vaccine website. Um, and also by talking to any of the healthcare professionals, be that your local GP or your community pharmacist, or your hospital consultant, whoever that might be, your midwife, um, and just exploring whether or not the COVID-19 vaccine is right for your unborn child, but also any other children. So children and young people, who have underlying medical conditions, again, is a group of people that we're, we're really encouraging to come forward right now. Really do encourage people, if you, if you haven't had your vaccine yet, your first or second dose, whatever it might be, please do come forward and talk to us. We have a helpline and we also have sort of the SNE vaccine website. As Liz says, local knowledge and delivery have really been crucial to the success of the programme. Joining up the NHS with local government and the voluntary sector was a hallmark of the vaccine rollout, and volunteers also played a vital role, sometimes in acting as stewards at vaccination sites, but also in terms of community outreach, for example, with faith communities and others offering sites for vaccination halls, which in turn built trust in the vaccine and in the NHS. So I asked Liz to explain a bit more about the impact that volunteers had on the success of the COVID-19 vaccination programme in Suffolk and North East Essex. One of the truly amazing things when the COVID-19 virus first hit us was 
the general reaction that people had to wanting to be part of the solution. So how do I get involved? What's the difference that I can make? And of course, as health and social care workers, people that work within an integrated care system, you know, it's beholden upon us. It's innate within us to want to do the best that we can to um, protect people, to avoid hospitalisation, to prevent untimely deaths, that kind of thing. But the reaction of the general public and particularly people in Suffolk and North East Sussex to rise to that challenge and contribute has been absolutely phenomenal. And it's happened right the way across the programme and is still going on now. So examples of that could be, you know, the people that stood outside the, the Harwich ferry port and were offering support to to the health and social care workers that were or the health professionals that were there at the time. That might have been, you know, recording data once they've been through some training or it might have been directing some traffic or it might have been bringing some tea and coffee to the staff that were working in absolutely freezing conditions. That was really important. It might have been the people that were wiping down chairs in the GP doctor's surgery or in that acute clinic. It could have been the people that we were working at with a whole variety of different um, voluntary and, and care organisations. So be that the food banks that we've worked with or people within the Chinese or the Bangladeshi community or the Afro-Caribbean or the groups of people that we've worked with um, to support refugees or, 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 or people who are pregnant. But I also think it's really important to recognise there's a whole raft of people behind the scenes that, you know, they, they might not be on the front line delivering the, the vaccinations themselves. But if they if they weren't thinking about the communications approach that we took, that we've taken, if they weren't thinking about clinical quality, if they weren't working out which vaccine do I need to get to who and when, which is so complicated. There's three different types of vaccines. There's five, at least five different courses of vaccine that you can have. You know, the the analysts behind the scenes with some of this is really um, is really complex. And it's also about those people that are working, you know, who are genuinely thinking about how do I, what, what's the data telling me about those people that have yet to take up the vaccine? So the equality leads that we've got, or the staff that that make sure that, you know, we're still engaging with community pharmacy, that we've got we've got a little gap there and we need to find another provider. You know, we've done that in particular parts of North East Essex and in West Suffolk in particular. And when we've got those providers there, it really has made a fundamental difference to take up. So I know there's a lot of talk in the system about integrated care and about whole system response. But I do genuinely think that the vaccination programme it's been a really great way to sort of show how we can come together at pace, work with communities and make a genuinely fundamental difference. That's all from me for now. I'll leave links to the websites and helpline numbers that Liz has mentioned throughout the show in the episode notes so you can look on your device. I'd like to say a big thank you to Liz for joining me on this episode and explaining all about the COVID-19 vaccination programme in SNE. And a huge thank you to everyone who was involved in the production and distribution of the vaccine from the scientists and researchers to those volunteers on clinical trials, and especially all of the NHS and care staff and volunteers who helped the rollout of the vaccination be so successful. Thanks to you for listening to this episode. And if you've got an idea of a future episode of the podcast, it would be great to hear from you about your work across Suffolk and North East Essex. Please get in touch. I'll leave the contact details in the show notes below so you can find me there. 
And don't forget to join my colleagues from the ICB comms team for next week's episode of The Briefing. Why not click subscribe now to the show so you'll get all the new episodes just as they're released. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll join me again next time. Thanks for listening to the SNE ICB podcast.